Everybody and welcome to the 10th, 10th P's and Q's podcast. We're super excited to be back. Took a little one-week hiatus. Kind of wish we had recorded last week, Q, so that we could have been a little bit more positive. But now we got mm. the good and the bad. But uh, how you doing today, buddy? Yes, sir. We are back, slavering prime time P's and Q's. Mm-hmm. I know you guys got the chance to check out the picture, you know, one and know at the link with P's and Q's in the building. Yep, yep. Always. That was awesome. to keep that running. And but, uh, while, we're, while we're just talking about the weekend, just wanted to say big congrats to you and your lady. Uh, you know, Q was uh, able to propose uh, while he was in Philly. It was amazing. And, uh, and I, and I wish you guys all the best. That was, that was awesome to be there. And we had a lot of fun with you guys. Definitely, brother. I appreciate you. I really appreciate you. I had the greatest cameraman ever, man. Greatest cameraman <laughs> appreciate ever. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you. <laughs> oh, man. But amazing weekend. I mean, we hung out, had a great time. This was two weeks ago, if it's not obvious that we're not talking about last weekend. But uh, <laughs> amazing weekend. We show up to the link, blackout. It's like, you know, the energy is crazy. And oh man, dude, we, I feel, I feel like we knew from, from the get go that we were, we were winning that game. There was, there was no, no possible way we was going to lose that game. Not, no. not with the way that building was such, just the way that it, the energy in the stadium when Jalen came mm-hmm. out, man. It felt like the playoffs. Oh my goodness. It felt like a playoff, playoff game. Man, when TJ Edwards caught that interception, the roof almost came Ooh, off the place already. Already. The second, the second level was about to fall down. It was, it, that was crazy, dude. Oh, he just fully extended for it, too. It was beautiful. Beautiful rep by him. It was awesome. That was, Hell oh, yeah. linebackers making plays. Who would have thought? Look at us. <laughs> linebackers in Philadelphia? Is this legal? Somebody's I, I not getting arrested. Get it. Yeah, I bet Howie's pissed that somebody's doing well, a linebacker. He's like, oh, I knew I should have taken another D lineman. <laughs> but great game for us overall. We stuck to our game plan and we ran it. We ran it on the best deep run defense in the NFL. Granted, you know, everybody's like, oh, they were missing players here and there, but that was still the number one intact. one defense. Yep. That was and still the number one one defense. Exactly. I mean, no me, I didn't mean to cut you off there, brother. But I mean, even when you watched the game last night when they played against Dallas, where yeah. if you if you if you all you had to do was scroll a couple of tweets down your timeline, and I'm sure you wouldn't took you long to find somebody criticizing Kellen Moore, like <laughs> run the damn ball. And trust mm-hmm. me, I heard it. But it's like to his defense, there weren't really many opportunities. Like even on that 50 yard play from Pollard, Dude, shout out was, to uh, Tyler Biotis. Shout out to Tyler Biotis, man. Mm-hmm. He was working. That was Jason Kelsey S. The way he got around that age, right around that on the but on the pool. even that play that that should have got shut down in the backfield. They had three players mm-hmm. who had the chance to make tackles before he was fifty dude, yards downfield. That was ugly. That was but, ugly. I mean, yeah, I, fu- just, I fully agree, dude. It's, yeah. it's it was clearly hard to run on the Saints defense, but I mean, you can tell that we made it look easy. Was that two hundred forty six yards, dude? Like a light two forty six. Like I've never seen two forty six look so easy. You know, like. But I mean, of course, we didn't hit Urban's 250, but close enough. You know, one day we'll hit it. But I one mean, you, you watch the film of that game. Like, I mean, you don't even need to watch the film. You could just see that we were moving bodies. Like, that left side of our line is just, Mylotta and Dickerson are so freaking big. It's ridiculous. Like, those two together, the refrigerator and, and walk in freezer, like, <laughs> my God, they, they're just so powerful together. Like, that side, like, I honestly don't even want to move Landon to to center now because I don't know if you if you were able to see the mic'd up from last week. But the yeah. chemistry between those two is, yeah. is crazy. And I, like, was I just want about that to say to, I want that to grow, dude. Like that was that was Evan Mathis and and Jason Peters for years. Mm-hmm. Evan Mathis were sixty nine as well. Coincidence? Mm-hmm. I think not. Shout out <laughs> Evan Mathis, good friend of the pod. Really? No, but I hope so. 
<laughs> hey, but we do know, we do know that Doug Peterson is a confirmed listener of the pod. You know, we listened to his yes, his his, uh, his his talk uh, with was it McLean yesterday? No, nah, yeah. I think it was John Clark. Oh, it was John Clark. It was Clark. You're right, the Clark. Yeah, with with John Clark on uh, on uh, on YouTube, and and Doug was saying, singing a lot of the same praises, saying a lot of the same things that we were saying about Jalen and uh, and his potential. Jalen also, I mean, going back to the Giants game or Saints game, had had a great game for himself. I mean, talk about putting the team on your back. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about will to win. Like, even when you talk about the play calling, where you can see, and we're going to even touch on that a little bit from the Giants game this week. It just goes to, like I've been saying over the last few pods, how Nick has been trying to marry plays together. Mm-hmm. But even particularly, I've been waiting for a long time to see us burst out. What, but what they call it down in Baltimore is a read counter bash. But if you anybody mm-hmm. had a chance to check out Fran Duffy break it down this week, he called mm-hmm. it what was it read quarterback option? I think it was. No, it was read quarterback counter. My bad. But okay. either way, a little bit of the same grass where you you basically pulling the the guard and the tackle to mm-hmm. the direction the quarterback is running like to mm-hmm. the counter side and you you sending the running back to, away from the side of the protection basically okay yeah so basically you got dickerson and my lot of <laughs> leading the way in front of hurts so <laughs> that's it, crazy it got man. real pretty man it got real pretty i could run behind those boys <laughs> i'm telling you <laughs> they're, like, they're so big and they're so strong it's nuts yeah, I mean that's got to be such a. Can you imagine being a corner out there and you just see my Lada's big ass coming at you, just full speed? Oh, you dodged him. Here's Dickerson right in your face. <laughs> like it's just like no, I oh. actually like when you listen to Jordan my Lada talk. You listen to him in interviews. He's such the nicest guy, man. But then when you hear him, Mike, dude, up, he is hey, a mean streak. I love it, dude. Talking to Leonard Williams, he was he was talking, bro. It, bro. He was like, and it's so funny too, because like I mean. Cause like the, at first I was fired up. I was like, "Oh, he's getting his ass back!" Like, let's go, let's go. And then like at the end, like when he when he totally pancaked uh, Leonard at the end, he's just he gets up, he's just laughing. He's like, "I, I got your ass that time, didn't I?" Uh-huh. It's funny that they were both laughing, but I mean, even when you when you think about last week, who was it that he pancaked last week? Man, he did something similar last week. Man, it was somebody for the Saints. Mm-hmm. Where oh oh he, oh oh it was uh Marcus Davenport after he yeah, after he yeah, pushed out Jalen dude that's uh, that's also something that we should, like we're so lucky we went from the bodyguard who Nick Foles gets cheap shotted and Jason Peters comes in flying to mm-hmm. now we got Mylotta you push you push Hurts out of bounds a little bit and, and Mylotta's on your ass bro he was in Davenport's face yeah. being like you can't do that kept yeah, doing it bro. and he took care of it. Exactly, bro. <laughs> like just saying stuff like that, and then when you look at it, how after the Giants game, when after on the final play, where you could tell Hurts was disappointed in himself, oh, and my lot it was there to pick him up. Like you can tell, man, that man's gonna be there for the long haul, a long time. He's getting that it's just crazy, it, real soon. soon. It's he just crazy, it. man. When you think about it, as Eagles fans, how spoiled we really are. I like to say that. To every, there's every team in the league that puts emphasis over some positions in the other. Like when you mm-hmm. talk about Seattle, if you, as long as Pete Carroll's there, and sometimes it's from the coaching staff down, sometimes it's from the front office down. But like what I was saying about Seattle, as long as Pete Carroll's there, they're going to have, have two awesome safeties back there because that's what makes this defense operate. Mm-hmm. What I noticed from us, man, for mm-hmm. us to be able to go from Trey Thomas to the bodyguard now to my lot it's like oh my goodness man like, and y'all dude. spend all this time complaining about how we wanted to invest in the trenches he learned from the best obviously he's learned because back when we was in the the trey thomas days and early mm-hmm. bodyguard days that was when he was just coming up howie so he, obviously yep. we've seen that's a eagles things from what yeah. they, they like to do yeah and it's so so important like we always have a consistently great run game for a reason because we just we invest in our own line and mm-hmm. something that will never leave you year to year is a good run game if you can move people you'll be able to pick up yards you know like exactly. at the end of the day like you can have there's a reason that running back you know whether you're forward or not has been devalued for a reason and that's because like it really really depends who you got up front we'll get Saquon right he's got all the talent in the world but he's got no O-line in front of him and what's he do? I mean he blew out his knee last year and he's just like struggling to come back and he can't get a rhythm because 
the O-line can't get a push. Or, I mean, you can even look at Najee right now. Like, that boy's fighting for his life in Pittsburgh. He's getting, like, you know, he's getting two yards of carry, but he's making everybody miss out of the backfield, you know? So, like, there's only so much the running back can do, his talent can do. You really, really need that investment and power up front. And, mm-hmm. and we are really lucky to have that. Howie has his faults, but that is a, you know, investing in the trenches, I'll, I'll take that over over other really? things, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. Absolutely. Um, in terms of, uh, like, the Saints game, what were your kind of thoughts on our defense? I know we talked about the offense a little bit and, you know, Jalen taking take control of it, but what did you think of our defense that game? For the most part, I think the defense played a phenomenal game. I, obviously, a little later in the game, they started to give us a scare. I mean, it was a lot of what I told us about Trevor Simeon heading into the game where he's a schematic quarterback. He, yep. he can basically, I don't know if you guys seen me explain it in Gardner Minshew earlier, on, earlier today on Twitter, but a lot of the same parameters when you explain a guy like Trevor Simeon. They can do a lot of what you ask them to do inside the parameters of the scheme. Like, they can execute what you need them to do as mm-hmm. long as everything around them is going properly. Now, everything is like in terms of extending plays or making it have like stuff that make quarterbacks special. They don't really have that it factor, but yeah. that's okay. That's why I figured, I mean, Brandon and the saints aren't winning many games. That's why I don't understand why. I mean, I guess I see why Sean Payton benched Trevor last night for trying to get the it factor out of Taysom. Mm-hmm. But that's another story but, for another time. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand why Sean Payton was, didn't make a move at quarterback and was comfortable rolling with Trevor. Cause I mean, yeah. Guys like that, if you're a good head coach, all you need is a quarterback that's not going to make a mistake, basically. Yeah, and you just – I think he would have been able to make it work last year. I mean, he did for, for parts of the year, except the Eagles game, of course. You know, he was able to make backups work. But, I mean, once the talent starts to reduce on the outside, they didn't have Alvin, right? They obviously didn't have Michael Thomas. You know, once these pieces start, you know, dropping out around you, you can't do as much. Mm-hmm. The way I could put it is, like – you know, guys like Gar- I really like your explanation, by the way. That was really well put. But like these guys like Gardner, these guys like um, uh, these these uh, these guys like Trevor. You know, they're Kirk Cousins esque. You know, if you get them in a system where the system is good and everything around them is working, he's gonna put up numbers. He'll win you some games with he'll he'll win you some games with the offense. But he's not gonna go and win you the game himself. You know, like exactly. he's not the guy who's gonna be like he's he he's not Jalen Hurts where he can has the benefit, you know, fine, you might be able to say, oh, Jalen, like, didn't pass it. I'm like, yeah, well, Jalen scored three touchdowns. You know, he doesn't have that benefit exactly. of Jalen putting his feet in the ground, making a defender touch earth and and, and score a touchdown or, or run over Malcolm freaking Jenkins. Like, you know, so that's what these types of quarterbacks bring over the others. And, and yeah, you can kind of see what Sean Payton was thinking. But, oh, my God, dude, the Taysom, the Taysom Hill experiment needs to just be over already. Like, how long they have we been hearing – I know. Hey, what do they do? Like, what do you do? It doesn't make sense. Like, and I just, I don't get it, dude. I, I've always thought of the Saints as a relatively well-run organization. Like, they had their head on straight in terms of like drafting. They draft good players, but it's like, dude, this Taysom Hill thing makes no. Everything sense. about them is great, man. As an Eagles fan, you despise the Saints because obviously yeah. despise the Saints. But when you're just thinking about it as a football fan, like they draft really well. Somehow they make salary cap just seem like it is a myth. Like for real, they do they do something over there. Like obviously yeah. it's a, a well run franchise, but for some reason they just I don't know, man. Somebody's got. I dirt. don't know what is it about him. So I don't. Easy. I guess he, this is his Tim Tebow. Everybody thought they can make Tim Tebow a star, and he like watch this. Wait a sec. Did he didn't Taysom go to BYU? Yeah. Ah, now we're going to talk about another BYU quarterback. When will people learn don't draft BYU quarterbacks? Please. Steve Young's looking at you somewhere like, hey. Okay. Damn. All right. Well, correction. Draft Steve Young. Don't draft Taysom <laughs> Hill and, and Zach Wilson. I totally forgot he went to BYU. He's just I, – I wouldn't relate it because Steve Young is so much cooler than every other BYU quarterback. They're just, but even then, I mean, to 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 your defense, that was the the big knock on Steve Young because that was back then. You know my whole thing give me some, give me some info, bro. Give me all some this, info, brother. So you know that video I sent you where I watched. Shout out to uh, Brett, and 
basically it was getting into the whole thing about the spiel and how a lot of what you see in the spread offense concepts came with mm-hmm. the mad scientists down there at BYU. And who was the quarterback at that time? Steve Young. And the knock on Steve Young was they're not sure he could perform what he's doing there on the NFL level. They think mm-hmm. a lot of it was based on scheme, you know, how to square yeah. push you in a position to succeed a whole lot. Which, I mean, you can make the argument. I mean, it's not really an argument. This is facts, actually. Scheme does matter. I mean, talent matters, mm-hmm. too. But it's just like saying when you watch Cliff Kingsbury and you watch Kyler go from Lincoln Riley to Cliff Kingsbury or you watch Pat Mahomes go from Cliff Kingsbury to Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can stay in somewhere that makes you feel comfortable in your skill set, you're cool. So with mm-hmm. Steve Young landing with Bill Walsh, it was like, okay, I got one Perfect. of the greatest offensive minds still. I went yeah. from one of the greatest offensive minds in college to one of the greatest offensive minds in the NFL. So it was like, that's work. Of a setup. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's I mean, that's the ideal story, right? Like you go from college and you get set up with an offensive coordinator who is smart and wants to use you, you know, and, and can recognize the talents in you. Mm-hmm. Um my apologies, Steve Young. And to be what you. So, I mean, Saints uh, defense played or defense played well. Offense played well. I know we just we we didn't cover it too much, but I just it just it feels like you can't talk about it without thinking about last week now. And it's just like I know what went wrong. I know, and people want to say, oh, maybe the Saints game was a fluke, but I really don't think that. Like I, I still. You know, and I get it. Yeah. Every, every every prediction I've cho- I've chosen the Eagles to win. You know, I'm like, I'm I'm definitely I got the homer in me. There's no question. But you just you can't tell me that you know we can move dudes like we did against the Saints, like we even did against the Giants when we did run the ball. I mean, yeah, I say, like we we moved the ball. Was, and that's exactly, and it was even. Yeah, like the run pass ratio was even, but that's the issue. Like we don't need to be even right now. There's no reason that we should be running and passing 31 and 32 times. Like if we have a winning formula, we don't need to. And exactly, I, saw, I saw, yeah, I saw, I saw like, um, like, like uh, some of the athletic guys talking about it and, and they were just like, you know, maybe this could be um, a tendency breaker. Right. And that's a, that's a good thought. You know, maybe, you know, we're coming off a short week, right. We have Thanksgiving, all this kind of stuff. It's a little bit, it's a little bit different of a week. And then you come in and we've been targeting Devonte and Dallas. That's it. You know, like, that's been our bread and butter and it's been working, but that's all we've done. And we run the ball. You know, maybe, maybe they're sitting in the, in the offensive uh, meeting room and they're just like, all right, like people are going to catch on. How are we going to change things up? And they see, you know, this Giants team coming up, not a very good, you know, team through and through. They see some weakness and they're like, all right, maybe we can get the play action pass going on these guys, you know? And, you know, they're targeting Quez and, and JJ and, and I, and I like it, but, there's no reason that, like, at the end of the game, Quez and JJ should combine for more targets than Dallas and and uh, and, and Devontae. Like, it's just it, – it just shouldn't happen, you know? I'm actually glad you put it like this because it actually just pulls right into what I got out of my notes, man. As you said, the offense usually runs through Smitty and Dallas. Mm-hmm. You would think teams would try to catch on, try to break that. Okay, I feel you. My first point problem with this that game trying to be a tendency breaker game is you already have a loss earlier in the season to Dallas. So you're sitting at 0 and 1 in the division. division. And when Dallas losing earlier that week, there was golden opportunity, man. A huge opportunity oh, in a divisional God. matchup. I've just tried like, to block that out of my head, honestly. I forgot about it. Yeah, like it was oh my friend who's a Cowboys fan even texted me. He's like Division's getting close. You guys are catching up. Literally, like after the Cowboys lost, and I was like, "We gotta, we gotta execute this weekend." It's crazy, brother. Like, all you had to do was win. All you had to do was win, and then not only would you be one and one within the division now, and not be sitting at zero and two, but you would be like looking the Cowboys basically in the eye. Would they have like a game and a half lead after that? And the momentum but, after three wins, right? You get three wins in a row. Exactly. Two, it just, it legitimizes us. And it's like, oh, it's so frustrating, man, because, it, and I know it's the national media and you can't, you know, credit. 
dude, they gave us credit. And then as soon as they did, we just like, we blew it. Like, oh, God, dude. they ruined our tweet, man. Fox, the Fox breaking news. I Fox know, posted dude. it. And then the, after we lost, they deleted it. And I tried to click it on our page and it was gone. And I'm like, oh, oh man. Just screenshotted him. Oh, dude. I mean, just stop jinxing us, please, national media. Just like, don't talk about us. Don't talk about us. It's okay. Or just say we suck. I'm okay with that. Just say we suck exactly. and let us just, bro, let us get the underdog masks out again. Like, it's all we need. Like, just, just better count us out because as soon as you count us in, we lose. Please. <laughs> 2018, it happened. We lost. 2019, it happened. We lost. Please stop counting us in. <laughs> we do better when, when everybody counts us out. Our, our team is too Philly. It, it's just, it's literally like, it's it, <laughs> bad, dude. We're in a movie. Exactly, oh, man. man. We'll say bing bong. Well, we just lost to the Giants. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I can't even see bing bong, dude. It just reminds me of New York. And now, right now. Exactly. Like, dude, it's just like we really could have gone to the Meadowlands and won two weeks in a row. And now we're hoping we can win one. And both teams are just not good. If we just, if we just, Ran our game plan, you know, like, like you were saying. <laughs> that that just got me off topic. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Smith and Goddard, as I said, that's where the offense is supposed to run through. Had a combined seven targets last game. Jalen Rager had seven targets alone. Oh, jeez. Why? I, and oh, I mean, I, I get the I get coach's explanation. And I mean, yeah. he's right. After I mean, you. It's like I say weekly, and I'm gonna keep saying weekly. You gotta watch the same team. You gotta, and it's not even just for us. It's for this, the coaching staff too. We we're not the only ones watching this same team with these same players for this 17 game season. So if, imagine how the coaching staff feels with you are the one responsible for making sure all these players kind of like eat for lack of a better term mm-hmm. and i mean you know some players are better than others and you got to feature some more than others but you can't just box other players out of you got to find ways to get other players involved so yeah. you gotta find ways to get Rager the ball even that or he can't play and i mean if you want to make the argument that if someone else a la greg ward jay jaw one of them guys because obviously quiz is the wide receiver three he gets a lot of the, sna- the, the slot receiver roles Mm-hmm. But if you want to make the argument that one of them other guys will be better suited for this role right now, I mean, I guess we can have that conversation. But whatever players you got on the field at that spot, you got to find something for them to do. They can't yeah. just be a decoy all year. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think like that was catching up with Jaw, right? And I'm glad we, we, we that that I mean, but his tendency, like, I mean, thank you. I was in the building. <laughs> For Jay Jaw's first catch of the season, it was electric. Let me let me tell you, if you if you're not able to see it, dude, I mean, I almost had tears in my eyes. That's my guy. It's my dude. But I mean, his, like where that, were you when Jay Jaw saved the right? season? <laughs> I'll never forget where I was, who I was with. Oh, dude, it was it was incredible. It was like Jay Jaw, like it was Jay Jaw. But I mean, that was how you know we should break tendency right that's how we should get guys like that the ball because we ran the same play that we had been the whole season but the whole season it's been an rpo when we handed it off but this time we just passed it to jay job right so we're not doing something different we're not going out of like the bounds of the playbook right but we're just like okay we're gonna run the play the other way right and it's and it's those types of things that we should start doing i get it with Jalen man it, with her, with rager i should say it's just it's it's a really tough situation this really reminds me a lot of of um, Nelson Aguilar in, in 2016, right? We talk a lot about Nelson's 2017 season and nobody was a bigger fan. I had a, I had an Aguilar jersey that I wore the whole Super Bowl season because I bought it that year before because I was like, this is going to be his year. You know, like I, I've said it before. You give receivers three years and that was, that was, that was his, uh, that was his third year. But his second year, we kind of ignore it a lot, but the guy who had seven catches in the Super Bowl had to get benched because he was playing so bad and he was dropping the ball so much and he had to take a week off for his mental health. He was a healthy scratch. He's a healthy scratch as a first round pick. And we were all going after him. Like we're going after uh, Rager right now. And, you know, he had to take the time off and then he came back. But like, you know, we need to remember that Rager is, 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 is a human and everybody who knows him, everybody who's in the building says he works his ass off. 
And just because, you know, you might not necessarily believe he works hard because, you know, it doesn't show up on the tape doesn't mean he's not. And it's fine. Some things, sometimes things don't click right away. Devontae Smith is a born football player, you know, like it comes, I'm not taking away from his hard work, but for some dudes, it comes naturally, his hips, everything. Like, it's just, it's, it's natural for him. And for some dudes like Jalen Rager, he's a hell of an athlete, but he needs to teach himself some of these things. And some of these things, they're hard to learn when you're at the highest level. You know, Jalen Rager has had the athleticism to get away from people his entire career. Now he has the athleticism, but it's not working like it used to. And that means you need to start doing things a different way. Devontae always had the lack of size. And so he had to be a technician coming up. Jalen didn't. And so these are the things that he's learning. But to say that he's not working hard or that he's a bum and that he sucks is just, I think it's just so counterproductive. And people who are adding him, like, we can't be talking about mental health and how much we love Lane Johnson and all this kind of stuff and then be turning around and doing that kind of stuff. I'm sorry, but just like, frankly, it's just wrong. Like you just, he's a human being and just support the guy, you know? And I, you know what? He has not been good. Jalen Rigger has not been good this year and it sucks, but he's made good plays. And I think the potential is still there. He just needs to figure it out and needs to get out of his own head. I mean, we even saw it. If he had caught either one of those passes and I know it's like, oh, if he'd caught, Jalen made a hell of a catch in the second. I mean, we don't even talk about it, but he elevated super high. It was an off-target ball from from uh, from from Jalen, and he caught it for a first down. It was a huge catch. It kept the it kept the drive going. But you know, these things get lost when he like, oh, it sucks because they're bonehead plays. Like the ball bounces off your helmet, and then it goes through your hands and bounces off your helmet. JHL had happened to against the Lions two years ago or last year. You know, I think that was last year. Yeah. And so, you know, these, these receivers do it. And now we're all like, Oh, like get JJ the ball. People are on Twitter saying, put JJ in, you know? And it's like, if you had said that last year, people would have called you crazy. So I guess my message out of this whole little mini rant, is just give the guy some time, give receivers time to just, you know, learn the system, learn to play the position and just, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. You see, if Jason Avant, Jason Avant says you're a dog and you work hard, I mean, that means you're working hard, you know, like that's not just any seal of approval to get, but that's my little spiel on, on Jalen. So Pierre said something interesting on Twitter mm-hmm. and it kind of got the people going where <laughs> he said he thinks that we should use him or not even just us. He thinks he should be used in general, like Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson. Yes. And yes! it's like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I do think that's why well, I think that's a great idea. I honestly think that's a great comparison, period. Because mm-hmm. it's like people love to forget what happened in the past. Dude, for real. And it's like when you look at Cordell Patterson, when you just think about his stint in Minnesota, and it's like it's so comparable to what we got going on. I'm actually going to touch on this in a piece soon this weekend. but Excited for that one. Super it's so comparable to what we got going on, where it's like, or what we had going on. Guys that were basically really fast receivers and really good at what they did on the field. Even when you go over to Minnesota, you think about Percy Harvin when he was on the field. Mm-hmm. Like those type of guys that when they were available, they made plays. So when you think about how these teams and once these players are gone now and how they try to replace these types of players – it kind of puts a lot on your plate, period. And mm-hmm. this not even taking account the whole Justin Jefferson thing for Rager's side, where it's like you expect yeah. it to be s- such a key factor in the offense. Because even when you go back to it was last year, mm-hmm. yeah, last year, where, yeah, sure, we still had Deshaun, but you, you all you heard was Rager next to Deshaun, and he's supposed to be Deshaun's heir to parent, and so much hype. Mm-hmm. Once again, aside from the whole Justin Jefferson thing, where it's like, oh man, like you said, can I get a chance to learn the playbook first? I mean, because players like that, while they're used, they they were used as predominantly wide receivers in school. Those are athletes. You just like the the Vista mm-hmm. kind of guys. You Dude, just want to get exactly. the ball in their hands, man, and let them work. And it's I mean, the, the way. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just wanted to say the only difference between those two guys is that LaVisca didn't get drafted in the first round, you know, exactly. and and he didn't get drafted ahead of maybe, you know, the second best receiver on one of the best college football teams of all time. You know, like, it's just like, and, and, and he just, 
how we kind of screwed them too, you know, like, and, and Doug and all these guys just like, they said we didn't take Justin because of fit, you know? And it's like, everybody knew that like, that was kind of ridiculous. And it just, and it's because it's also Howie and he has a history of trying to be the smartest person in the room with these, you know, Pac-12, uh, Pac Big 12 type players. And, and I just think it was just such a combination of awful things, but I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead about, about, about these types of players. Cause you're, you're totally right. Cordero and Jalen is such a, such a great comparison. Like when you go back to their early careers. Exactly. But even like on a side note from that too, what you was just saying, I mean, Doug, if, if you heard Doug's interview with John Clark yesterday, mm -hmm. he kind of touched on the whole Raven thing. And he, like, I always looked at it like this when he said the term fit, but he kind of made it kind of obvious yesterday where we were looking for a fast receiver. And I mean, let's, let's be real. Jaden Rager was supposed to be this quick, fast guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that Justin Jefferson was slow, but that wasn't his yeah, he cup was of tea. Yeah, supposed to be the elite speed type guy. Right? Ex exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I get them when they say fit, but let's call a spade a spade as well, too. Like, because when you say fit, it leaves so much room for interpretation. Totally true. Totally true, man. Yeah. So, it, and that's exactly what it was. It was the interpretation that it left the room up for. And, and, and it just, it spiraled from there for, for all those guys. So, I mean, we see Cordero now, right? Like, if you had told me, in 2012 that Cordero Patterson would be all over ESPN and like Bleach Report every single day positively, not them being like, oh, wasted first round pick. I'd have been like, you're crazy. You know, all it takes is like, you know, one offensive coordinator, one coach, like we talked about, to take that interest in you, to believe in you in that way. And and you can see Cord like Cordero's playing freaking defense now. Like, I mean, he's they're just – He's an athlete. You need a coach who knows how to just use use the athleticism in you, you know. And if running routes is tough for Rager, put him in the slot so he doesn't have to, you know, have get as much out of his release. Put him in the backfield so he can just get the ball in his hands quickly. And you know, exactly. we've been trying it, but we've been a little too gimmicky with it. Is my is my opinion on that? I think it's just been like very, like, obvious that it's just going to be a tunnel screen to Rager if we're trying to get his if, get, if we're trying to get the ball in his hand quickly. Otherwise, it's just like, you know, we're just – it's either deep shots or screens for him. And I want to see more intermediate game. And I know that's, you know, tougher for him given, you know, his route running. Um, not – yeah, uh, restrictions, I guess, whatever you might want to call it. But a Cordero Patterson type role would be awesome to see. I mean, even Percy Harvin, when, when, we, when he was at Florida, he was taking carries out of the backfield regularly. You know, exactly. like if, you, if you got that Normally. speed, you have that – you have that athleticism like there's no reason that you need to just be like only a running back can be back here Christian McCaffrey can be in a running back and go out and catch passes why can't you put a receiver at running back Debo Samuel Debo exactly yeah Debo like, is like and he's oh, like man. the perfect example of like growth which, too what you shoot what you shoot for with them kind of like, especially growth because the work he's put in for himself and the, like mm -hmm. the, what he's turned into as a player in general like his route running his Dude. hands, all that, like Crazy. he's turned into a really good wide receiver. And I'd be the first to tell now. you, I'd be the first to tell you. I mean, Debo, it wasn't always this because he got most of his work done down in front of the line of scrimmage, and that's okay because, like we just say, he had to learn to get better, he had to learn to grow. So, I mean, if that's what it takes, like it's a look that we showed last week that we actually used Quiz in that spot. But when I seen it on film, I was like. Damn man, that's like that that spot would be perfect for Jalen. I wonder if it would be something that we'd show later down the line on film off capitalizing off that. But it was actually like it was one of the play, I think it's the play that Jalen uh hurts scrant it was on a, like a counter type play where mm -hmm. Jay Jaw was in the backfield and you had who was it, Boston Scott, I believe. Jay Jay Jaw and Boston Scott in the backfield next to Jalen Hurts. And then they sent in motion quiz. Who kind of was like a wing? It was like a wing TS thing. I think they ran this like twice, and then the other one is the one where JJ leaked out, right, and caught like. But, a first so down. when they ran it that time, they actually didn't motion Quiz into the back. Okay. This, okay. The time okay. where JJ was used as a blocker, they uh -huh. had Quiz. I mean, yeah, that's the one they motion Quiz okay. in the back. Yeah, that makes but sense. When they did, when they showed that look, I was just sitting there like, 
Oh man, that'd be so good for Jaden. I understand why they use Quiz because I mean that's been Quiz world. He's been the bubble screen mm-hmm. guy. Never yeah. been in since week one. But <laughs> I mean, just yeah. finding little stuff like that to get Jalen involved in the offense. Exactly. And we talk about Debo's growth, but I mean he had the coach who, you know, saw that potential. Shanahan, you know, as his like as his ups and downs as like a GM and everything, but you know, he saw he saw the potential in him, right? And and he found ways to get him on the field. And you just you can't emphasize enough how much just getting on the field means. Like if Jalen could just score a freaking touchdown, dude, like it would do so much for his for his self esteem. Like he said, like the touchdowns like that he's had taken away just suck, man. Like he got pushed out of bounds. Like that's tough. And like I mean, last week it's just these things they stick with you. And then it's just like oh, I, like I bet you when he dropped that pass, he was in his head. He's like, I don't want, make sure you don't drop this, you know. And as soon as you start thinking like that is when you start dropping the balls and it's, exactly. and it's tough, man. It's tough. And I just, I really empathize with them. So I hope he can figure it out, whatever we need to do, but I hope he does. But we've talked about the play where he dropped the ball. I think we need to cover this for sure. Was Devonte open? No. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. He was not open. Like when you look at it, you could tell, that it was like a mesh type concept where mm-hmm. if you look at it for a certain angle, you could see you, it might look like he, Jalen had a chance to make the throw. But even on some of the, the portions of the, that, those angles, you could see Jalen starting to move around in the pocket exactly. and stuff. And at that My point, that beat. throw is right. About to say, at that point, that throw is impossible. It's not impossible, but you got to be Aaron Rodgers to make that. Exactly. And Jalen's. I don't want to say you got to be Aaron Rodgers because there are a few quarterbacks in the league like Aaron Patrick, maybe Matthew yeah. Stafford. But basically, put it, Jalen's not one of them people that can make those throws without having his feet set. Mm-hmm. So, and once yeah. he he started moving around in the pocket, it, it was kind of over for that. And then once you take into account how, yeah, that safety that was over the top lingered over the over the top route for a second, but once he noticed, he saw Devontae. Yeah, he was like exactly, and you can't. Like, people are totally ignoring that. They're like, oh, like, you know, Jalen could have tossed it in there. Jalen need, need to set his feet. And if Jalen didn't set his feet and he threw that ball, it would have probably been picked and everybody would have exactly. been pissed. You know, you you always want your quarterback to set his base and throw. This was the rule for every quarterback except Dan Marino for the last, like, 50 years. <laughs> you know, until, like, until like my homeboy and, like, Stafford and all these dudes came in and Herbert's got that too. But, like, dude, not everybody needs to just be, like, slinging the rock from whatever angle you any coach is going to tell you i don't want you to do that even when these dudes do it they coaches don't like it it's not mm-hmm. it's not it's not pretty it's not how you're supposed to do it and so jalen set his feet in the pocket he stays in the pocket he doesn't try to run he keeps his eyes downfield and you can see like it's it's clear as day as soon as yeah you could say he could have hit smitty and he could have gotten the first down right in, in, in the middle of the mesh but at that point is he going to get out of bounds? Does he have no space? And the exactly. mesh itself didn't work together. Quez needs to get closer. This is this is also Quez is not as polished as Devontae. We're, we're a young offense, but I mean, I don't know if people remember this, but you know, during the Super Bowl year, uh, a lot of these pages, a lot of like sports pages, were making jokes that like the Eagles were high fiving during routes. I think it was during the Vikings game. Mm-hmm. But it's not because they were like messing around and having a good time. I mean, obviously that's part of it, but it's to keep your spacing for mesh. If you can, exactly. they want them to high five so that on mesh, that receiver who's coming across can pick off the other corner. Right. And then you have another receiver running free. That's the point of mesh. We weren't close enough on this mesh. So James Bradbury was still in phase with Devante. He could have run the route for Devante because there was nothing getting in his way. Devante cuts up field. Yeah. You could be like, Oh, let me sling it. But you know, he gets there and then, you know, he's going there and then you see the safety already shading on top of Devante. Quez is covered. Dallas was covered. It's like it was – Jalen was even kind of covered, but he threw him the ball. And the, it just sucks because Jalen got in the right position. He got in front of the corner and everything. High points it. Jalen put – Jalen Hurts put it, like, on the money. And it just – it just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. Oh, my. This, this game as a whole was just so frustrating because you know my whole thing. And a lot of we all got caught up over the course, probably like that whole Sunday, rest of that whole Sunday of mm-hmm. that play. But one play doesn't lose this game. 
You no. can make the argument this game was lost when Jalen Hurts turned that ball over at right before the half, giving away mm-hmm. prime scoring opportunity. Yeah. You can make an argument that the play was lost after the Boston Scott fumble. It's so many different things that happened. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, I'm glad I brought up Boston Scott because Boston Scott had a really, really, really good quote after the game. And, I mean, it, it was honestly, I, with the exception of this last month, if you take this whole season in general, it's a really good quote for him. You know, he said, it hurts. It hurts. They didn't do anything to beat us. We beat ourselves. That's been the name of the game. That's what we've done. We shot ourselves to the foot, whether it's penalties, whatever it may be. It's not really what other teams are doing. It's what we're doing to ourselves. Or at least we recognize it as a team, right? But that's ex- that's exactly it. And that's what's – I think that's what's been so frustrating as Eagles fans. We've been in every game. Like, except the Raiders game. And even that, like, I think we just did it to ourselves, it feels like. Because, like, I've gone into every game – feeling good and it's not because I'm just delusional and I think like oh the Eagles are gonna win the Super Bowl every year that's not I try to be realistic yeah I love my team but I try to be realistic and it's just like we've gone into the games with opportunities to win you know we've had we've had you know we've had the opportunities we've had you know even against the Bucks, we were in that game for for, Mm -hmm. for a good portion of it and then it's just like little things slip up we're a young team and we make these types of mistakes but this, we need to now continue to show signs of growth as a young team. And those signs of growth are less penalties. If you notice the last couple of weeks, we haven't had nearly as many penalties as we had in the first quarter of the season. We were like the most penalized team in the NFL. In the last couple of weeks, it's really cleaned up. Giants game, it's like penalty galore. But I mean, I will say, what the hell? They're not calling anything on the Giants. There were a lot of clear PIs. I'm going to just put it out there. I'm like, it was absurd, dude. Like they were like, and everything we do is getting called. I was like, if you're going to call it, at least call it fair. I'm I'm not usually the one to complain for calls. I mean, there were a lot of touchy calls where we got that they didn't get. And it was like, okay. Like in the first first half in particular, they had a lot of calls that were uncalled. In the second Mm -hmm. half, I guess the refs figured out where the flags were. But yeah. I mean, the penalty that stuck with me the most is that Nate Herbert one on Jalen Hurts one, oh, man. God. And it's not like that one was so it like the one on the Boston Scott one. I get it. That was a yeah, whole. That, that was, was a, a terrible hold. penalty. That's a hold. But that's the one hold. on the Jason. Oh my good. That that's was called playing that's, football. That was a hell of a block. Oh, that's nasty God. blocking right there. That's what happens on almost every every Dude, play if you watch the league. Like him. He exactly. They penalized him for doing his freaking job. Oh like, my goodness. I was bro. like, I was like, oh her big. And then I see the replay and I'm like, where's the hold? <laughs> like, I was like, it just it, it was not there, man. Oh that oh yeah. my goodness. That one was brutal. Uh, yeah. I like yeah, I don't like you said, I don't love complaining about penalties. Like usually we do lose the game ourselves, but like that one was just like, you're killing me on that one, man. Like that one, that one was ugly. And then Jalen's first pick. I will say, you know, it could go either way, but it looked like a little bit of P.I. on, on Quez there. Quez yeah. should have kept running, but, you know, he... Darnay Holmes definitely held him. Yeah, but, you know, live and learn. But now, Jalen has had his ups, he's had his downs. Last game was arguably his worst game in an Eagles uniform. What do we expect now? Not just this week, but going forward. Well... It'd be so simple to say growth, <laughs> obviously growth, but mm-hmm. you just like first things first, you want to see the mental part of the game for Jalen. Obviously, we know what got him drafted was his intangibles. He carries that it factor mm-hmm. that, like he said, we lost the game. You got to be able to, it's like taking the number two, something you don't look at it, you just flush it and keep <laughs> going. So this is the one time in your career where, okay, can you flush it and keep going? Because obviously, like you said, you're coming off with maybe your worst performance. A lot of mistakes that were on you, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Like the interception that before the half. Like, no reason. Just just get rid of the ball. No reason to play hero ball right there. Stuff that's yeah. very teachable. It's not anything that can't be fixed, for lack of a better mm-hmm. term. Mm-hmm. 
So mm-hmm. it'd be it's it's really interesting, especially if he suits up this week. This should be a good game because they're not gonna take it easy. The Jets may not be the greatest team, but they've been playing some really good defense over the last month or so. Yeah. So and you're gonna see a lot of different pressure. So mm-hmm. it's really gonna be interesting to see how he bounces back for one. But yeah. outside of that. I mean, you just want to see him improve, basically. Like, just mm-hmm. keep getting better as a passer. It's, it yeah. looked like last week he he revolted back to some of the same things that we was harping on him improving over the last yeah. year, which, I mean, it makes sense. That's what happens. What happens to young quarterbacks? No exactly. doubt, yeah. You have He's in, what, his 16th regress. spot? Yeah it's, yeah, it's like a normal season, right? So, you absolutely, as a, as a rookie quarterback, have because, like, there's some there's some games where you just like he you know guys like oh, I think I can take over I think I can do this and you you trust your ability you know this is a problem that eleven had a lot you know about just trusting his ability over the offense Jalen's done a good job of, of of not just doing that but you know sometimes you start getting a little bit of swagger behind you you start feeling a little bit good and things change a little bit and then you just kind of do a little bit too much so. I think you're right in in just saying that we should we should expect growth. You know, you don't know. I'm not gonna tell you he's gonna sit here and sit here and throw you know seven touchdowns in a game, right? Like that's not that's not <laughs> what I'm saying is gonna happen next week. But I think you're gonna see the team bounce back. And now I don't I don't know what that looks like, but I think you're gonna see the team play better as a unit. And I think you're gonna see the effect of Jalen Hurts' leadership because even this year, or not this year, but this week. People, uh, you know, they were asking how he felt about, um, you know, everything that had gone down. And he was like, you know, it happened. Nothing I can do now. Just, you know, wait till next week. So I think he's he's taking it personally as well. And he's going to I think he's going to go out there and, and, and do his thing. Um, so. Eagles and Jets, right? We uh, got a pretty good record. Why don't you why don't you get into that a little bit? Yes, sir. First of all, let's get into the fact that this is the first time ever that the Birds will play back-to-back games at MetLife. Interesting. Nice nugget. Or any stadium that's not Lincoln Financial Field, so that makes you. That's crazy. I don't crazy. think this is normal. Yeah, that is, this is really weird. It's like the – we might as well just, like, keep our stuff in the locker room. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Somebody probably left a watch. Like, oh, sorry, I'll get it next week. Right. But Pick it up, as we know, man, the Birds are – a whopping 11-0 and 0 against the Jets. It gets better. <laughs> the all-time points scored, the Eagles lead the matchup, 302-77. to 77. <laughs> Yo, The Jets what? have been held in single digits four times out of their 11 games, including the last game where it was 31-6. to 6. That's wild, dude. It's safe to say we should win this game. I mean, the, yeah, the game better. ain't played on paper, but <laughs> we better, dude. History oh, says something. Wow, that's that's okay. Like I knew we were undefeated, but like that's brutal, man. Jeez, you know, they have seventy-seven points against us in history. They dude, haven't even crazy. reached triple digits. They had like Joe Namath. Like I mean, it's not like they've never had anybody good. Like that's. Go birds, baby. Let's go. Exactly. That's how we do. <laughs> that's crazy though. Wow. What is that? That's those are good nuggets, man. Those are those are good. All right then. So so what what should we expect from this game? And we talked about Jalen, but what, what what should we expect? Well, it should be an interesting game, man. First of all, we need to watch what's going on in our running back room. We mm-hmm. we have one healthy running back. And it's yeah. Kenny G. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I mean, Miles says he's going to suit up, but right now he, well, nah, he's actually not on the injury report. Funny, but yeah, he's not. I saw that. It's Jordan is in Boston. Yeah, Jordan in Boston. Jordan's out. Boston's out, listed as yeah. questionable with the uh, illness. Jalen Hurts is also listed as questionable, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll see how that go. Maybe it's coach playing gamesmanship, trying not mm-hmm. to give out too much information because Jalen says he wants to go and he's going to go. Yeah. So. We'll see. But yeah, I don't see Jalen not playing. Mm, I think he what plays. would you 
Who would you rather, at least in this case, uh, uh, banged up Jalen Hurts or 100% Gardner Minshew? I'm I'm still like if his if his ankle if like it depends on how bad his ankle is right like if it's like debilitating like immobilizing pain then he definitely shouldn't play you know but like if he can play I think I think I want I think I want Jalen out there instead I think I think it's just important for him to consistently get this experience and and, and just get out there so I mean if it's not too much pain then I think he should be playing but yeah, I don't I also don't think that like Gardner coming into this offense is gonna like, you know, do anything special for us. Like you said, everything needs to be going really well around and we're still working the kinks out. Man, I hope Jalen plays. We yeah. need we need to get back on track. Last I agree. game. This like game. this this could have been a game where you this could have been the tennis breaker game. This could have been a game that's, you tried to rush. That's what I was Jaylen. thinking, man. That's exactly like, right what I was thinking. Bad week, it, oh, yeah, it was yeah. just a young coach instead of thinking too much. Yep. Exactly, dude. And that's and it's growth. They're going to need to grow. Right. And I know we keep saying the word growth. Everybody listening is probably sick of hearing growth at this point. But like, that's the name of this season. You know, it's 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 at every level. We need to just be looking for growth. And I think we're going to get that. And sometimes it's not fun. Growth is not necessarily fun. It does not always look pretty. But, you know, we need to just keep the path. Um, I really liked the Jets at the, you know, beginning, not the beginning of the season, but like, you know, when free agency started, I liked a lot of the moves they made. I liked the coach Corey they brought Davis. in. Corey, I'm a big Corey Davis fan. I've, I, I was, I mean, I kind of wanted to just more. see him this week. Yeah, he was, uh, he didn't, he didn't practice for two days and then was limited on Friday. Um, he listed so, as questionable. For yeah, he's questionable. And Sheldon Rankins is, uh, is, is doubtful. Sick. So that's that's the only injuries they got. Um, we'll, we won't be playing the uh, Pride of Audubon, New Jersey, uh, Joe Flacco this week. Doubtful as well. Yeah, so uh, we will be playing Zach Wilson. Why don't we talk about Zach Wilson a little bit? Because you know there was rumor of uh, of of maybe how we wanted to move up or maybe how we wanted to trade for Zach Wilson. Like, I mean, I know we've talked about it before, but yeah, why don't we why don't we let the listeners? hear how we feel about him oh my goodness i'm so glad we did not imagine if we drafted zach wilson brother dude That's... i mean <laughs> fins up baby that's where i'd be at it's oh over. my goodness not like, i'm not doing another no no way dude no like and it's first of all i is well documented i am not the biggest zach wilson fan anyway shout out to that throw he made on the combine, or was that his that pro day? Made, That's the best yeah, the pro he made day, all year. It, dude, that throw literally made him millions of dollars. It's nuts. It's it's just nuts. And they're like, oh, Zach Wilson can make this throw. Dude, Justin Wilson made the same throw at his throw day, pro day. I can make the same throw. Are you kidding me, dude? That's what you guys were so impressed about? Like, Man. dude, it just – I'm sorry. I, I just need to say one more thing. Like, it just really goes to show that, like, when the media has one thing in mind, they make it happen. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. oh, it's yeah, ridiculous, baby. dude. Like, Zach Wilson, really? Justin Fields was the quarterback at Ohio State when head-to-head with the best teams in the country. And somehow he's getting drafted, what, uh, uh, 12? Right? 12, no. Right? 12 yeah. 15, one of them. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, get into it, man. But, yeah, I just – I thought that was a snide. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Zach's a very talented kid. He can make a lot of the throws, a lot mm-hmm. of the throws. He can make a lot of throws out of some angles where it's just like that was pretty ridiculous. I mean, it was a reason yeah. he was compared to Patrick Mahomes coming out. But <laughs> he has to learn the basics of playing quarterback. <laughs> like, I mean, it's so cool that you can extend plays and do all this cool stuff. With the football, and I mean, don't get me wrong, that's a lot of what the position comes down to nowadays, too. That's mm-hmm. the it factor we're talking about. And no I doubt. mean, Robert Sala, I was listening to some Jets talk earlier today, and mm-hmm. one of their one of the guys from the the Athletic Jets podcast, he he, oh, yeah. he was so angry because Robert <laughs> Sala had a quote where he basically compared him to this superhero, Zach Wilson, where 
he's he's like he has this superpower and he's like he said Clark Kent wasn't Superman he was some ordinary guy until somebody yelled help so I mean I'm guessing he's getting to the point where oh man they're down bad <laughs> yeah I guess oh, he's getting geez, to the point dude. where he's trying to convince himself and everybody else that. Oh, I mean, man. I don't want to say convince because the same way we're talking about Jalen, the same way they're talking over there, you got to get a yeah. good time. You can't just be out of just one bad season. But yeah. like I'm saying, right. you got to teach him the basics, man. You sitting here talking about superpowers. And how many times a game does your quarterback, like your quarterback has 10 interceptions? You can't have a superpower if. You forcing the problem. You are dude, the villain at yeah. this point. Dude, that's like if if like if fine, Superman's flying around with like a suit of kryptonite on. Like his superpowers aren't working. <laughs> like it's, it's it's not working, man. I just I really like Salah. So it's like I'm like, but I, I just I'd say like the difference between like, you know, a guy like you know, I'm not even gonna say a guy like Jalen. I'm gonna just say like what Zach Wilson is, is he's not a quarterback yet. He's a thrower of the football. That's what he can do. He can sling that rock. No question. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm exaggerating saying I can make that throw and whatever, but like he can make those off platform throws. And that's what, you know, had all these scouts salivating and whatever, but like he played, he struggled against coastal Carolina when they played like our own Teron Jackson, shout out Eagles. Right. But like, I mean, if, if you can't hold up and yeah, you know, coastal Carolina, you mentioned they had a, they had a good defense and it's a, it's a good, it was a good team last year. If you can't dominate Coastal Carolina, you're not going to dominate the NFL. That's just that's how it is. It, it, it's not going to change. It's, it's never going to change. But if you can't dominate at lower levels, then you can't do it. Even Carson Wentz, fine. He came from FCS. They won the championship like every single year. You know, North Dakota State is like the Alabama of, 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 of FCS. You know, so like there's a difference between these types of guys. And it's just like. You know, they just they see these couple throws and it's like, oh, wow, it's so amazing. Can you see the potential? But I don't think Salah should be saying it's a superpower. I think Salah should be saying like, you know, you know what? If you want to make a superhero comparison, I'll give you one. Cyclops. Cyclops before there were lasers coming out of his eyes all the time. There's nothing he could do. You know, he that's needed a hell to of a go. Comparison. Right. It's just it's flying out all the time. Right. He can't stop it. What did he need to do? He needed to go to Professor X's mansion and, you know, and, and get the visor. And then it can control the superpower, right? Like, you can't just be unbridled power out there, just like slinging the rock wherever you want. You got to put the guiders on. You, you got to put like the blinders on it. You got to play inside the offense like we talk about. Mm-hmm. And you got to just like make the play that's there to be made, you know? And so but it's hard for him to do things like that. Because like, I mean, when I say he got to learn the basis of playing quarterback, it's like, it's little young quarterback mistakes that, I mean, it happens with a lot, like many quarterbacks coming into the league nowadays, like sloppy feet work, I mean, sloppy mm-hmm. footwork. And I could just think of one play where I think it was against, it was against the Titans. Mm-hmm. It was against the Titans where he had, what's the young guy named Elijah Wilson? Oh, Elijah Riley. Uh, no, that Elijah Riley. Elijah uh, Moore. Elijah Moore, I'm yeah. sorry. Elijah, I wanted to talk about Elijah Riley after, but yeah, go ahead. Elijah Moore, he t- it was kind of like an RPO. You know, something similar mm-hmm. where we run, fake the handoff, throw the slant. But, you know, using his superpowers, didn't think he had to set his feet. He tried to sidearm the throw. And instead of just, like, if he did a normal throw, man, set your feet, pull the ball back, set your feet, lead with the pass. Mm-hmm. Elijah Moore's probably still running as we speak, but <laughs> it goes from that to you almost throwing an interception, and it's just that's the yeah. difference between being, playing at BYU and being in the NFL. The defense is like that much faster, man. Mm-hmm. Those little mistakes that you you made then that they say they escalate we on them, you can't make them anymore here. Yeah. They'll make you pay. They'll make you pay if you make those mistakes, and that's like that's why I went. That's why that 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 cannon of an arm is a gift and a curse, man. Like, you know, we've seen Aaron Rodgers and, and, and Mahomes be like the few that have like, you know, they, they won that Super Bowl with that cannon of an arm. But like, we've seen a lot of guys come into the league with one hell of an arm and they can't make it because, you know, they're just trying to do whatever. And it's like, it's like the athleticism with Rager, right? It works at lower levels and you can get away from everybody. You don't need to be a technician. 
but then when you get to the league and everybody's a little bit faster and everybody's you know just as like athletic as you you need to have that technique and when you don't life comes at you fast you know yeah. it comes at you fast but you just mentioned elijah moore that was that was one of my draft crushes man i i think he's gonna be really freaking good and he has been good when he gets the ball that dude didn't get drafted high because of his size, which I think is ridiculous, but he is explosive and he is nice. If AJ Brown is saying like, you might be the best receiver out of Ole Miss. That's that's saying something. something. That's saying something, man. Like, man, that would, that would have been a fun, that would have been a fun player to get, but uh, he'll be fun to watch. But, you know, as we're, as we're, you know, getting close to wrapping up here, wanted to mention Elijah Riley was uh is is the Jets starting safety now uh after uh, I think Marcus May got injured go Gators but um he got injured and now Elijah Riley took him off of the Eagles practice squad uh mm-hmm. three weeks ago four weeks ago he, he was with us when we played the Lions I think he was with us when we played the Lions but after that the Jets grabbed him after the practice squad and I mean the organization was high on him he'd been here for like a year and a half went to army apparently he's a good dude but um they grabbed him and he's been starting ever since and they are loving themselves Elijah Riley and he's been playing really well too so um that's always cool to see you know the guys that you know the bottom of the roster guys that you know the Eagles fans know about and are like oh put him in and and you actually see him ball out somewhere like or DeAndre Carter's right like you know it, it, it's cool to every see time him, he so. catches a damn touchdown I get so upset it hurts I'm me like inside. it's cool to see, fans but it hurts like, yeah DeAndre Carter and I'm like you have no clue who DeAndre Carter is he should be here he should be at home oh man dude if if Mark and if if Mark and Michelle ever like you know breaks out of the NFL that's gonna be the end of my hero it it will be I will never be able to like sleep again (laughs) I will go and I will I'm gonna go to the NovaCare Center and I'm gonna take Howie Roseman's nameplate off the door and I'm putting my name there and I'm taking his job it's done. <laughs> You're not losing. You're losing after that one. <laughs> but anyways, getting back to it. Bounce back week, right? Got a big opportunity here leading into the bye. What are you thinking? What's the, what's the Gotta prediction? Get back. Gotta get back to the game plan, brother. Gotta get back. Run the ball. Run mm-hmm. the ball. I know we touched yep. on how our running backs are kind of banged up right now, but the Jets have allowed 20 rushing touchdowns this season, the most in the NFL. They have allowed 10 rushes of 20 or more yards, the second most in the NFL. They are susceptible mm-hmm. to the run. Run the ball. That is our bread and butter. That is what got us to this point. There is no reason to change up from it. Hell, even last week against the Giants, and that's what's so frustrating about it, where you look at it and you see – the team had over 200 rushing yards again. Mm-hmm. Six, they averaged 6.3 yards per carry. Like, Dude, it's crazy. It's like, it's they're ridiculous numbers. Those are matted numbers that we're averaging running the ball. As long as Jalen takes care of the ball, man, there's no way we can lose games playing like this. Like, I said that after the Giants game. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it. There's no way you win a football game when you turn the ball over four times. Yeah, and turning the ball over is it's not something we've done a lot over we've recent, been very good about that. all season. Yeah, in general, we've been pretty good about. It. So that that was that was definitely out of character for the birds. And got have to see them get back to taking care of the ball. Want to mm-hmm. see them? I mean, it's so frustrating that we lead the NFL in rushing, but we don't have a single. 100 yard rusher all season long it's, this was gonna so be weird man this was gonna it's be the so miles weird. sanders day man i, I mean granted he's, he's playing but if he's banged up i mean god dang bro it's this crazy, was gonna be the dude. week dude this 100 yard rushing thing like it's been going on for so long it's it's bizarre and we i've always had legit rushing attacks it's so weird it does not make sense <laughs> to me I wonder when I, I want to know who our last hundred yard rusher was. I want to know did we did we have a person go out over a hundred after Jalen? I know Jalen went one oh six last year against the Saints. Yeah, but like like I'm wondering have we had a have we had a um, running back run for a hundred? Because mm. I always feel like they always talk about it like oh it's been so long. Okay, okay, so so it's been a year again. All right, then we got our work cut out for us. So, 
key to victory is holding on the ball. And uh, and then I think defensively, I think our, our key to victory is just Jonathan Gannon going in his bag again. I think he feels comfortable um, doing that against quarterbacks who he doesn't think can beat us getting the ball out quick against the blitz. I think that's what he's really afraid of. And I think we're going to see more of like what gets us excited. It's uh, it's just been like a, a, a very like clear progression as the defense has gotten more comfortable running the base. It's just been obvious that he's just been running way more exotic stuff now. And this is kind of what we expected at the beginning of the season. So I think we can expect a really, another really fun defensive game. And, uh, and like you said, I think offensively, we just need to, we need to hold on to the ball. You can't turn it over. You won't ever win a game, turning the goal game all over that many times so got a prediction for us brother what are you thinking yes should we give two predictions because i'm not sure if i'm standing on this prediction if Jalen don't play but if Jalen plays yeah. if Jalen plays eagles should be able to handle this one easily i'd say birds 28 to 9 that's so funny, man. Those. That's so funny. I was gonna say thirty to nine. I think we, uh, I think we add another one to that, uh, to that streak of, uh, of single uh, digit games. Single digit games, you know. But I think, I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna put up, I think we're gonna put up points this week. I think the offense is gonna take that personally. What happened last week, mm-hmm. um, and I think we're gonna run the rock, and I think the old line is gonna be playing pissed off, and I think that, I think that bodes very well for us. Oh, and I mean, before we before we go out, man, shout out to Jason Kelsey, dude. We are so so lucky oh, to have that man, man. as an blessing. eagle. I mean, when you hear Doug Peterson talk about him and how he is just so thankful to the organization, Jason Kelsey, we are so thankful to you, man. Like he, he like that man is what like it is to be like you know Philadelphia, whatever you want to say, the Rocky the with all of that. Philadelphia, like man. he's so freaking tough, dude. He's if Jason Kelsey goes out of the game, you know it's something bad. You know it's not mm-hmm. good. And Jason Kelsey came back after that. He saw that we were doing so bad. This is against the Giants. Like I mean, it's not like there's some good team. It's not like we're in the like fine we on the outskirts of the playoff race. But this is like not like we're in some Super Bowl season and this man is going out there risking life and limb every week for this team. And, and I just think that that deserves a lot of appreciation, man. We're, we're lucky to have him. So confirm Jason listener. Jason might Kelsey, be the toughest, you. toughest SOB Philly has ever seen. Dude. And we've had some tough SOBs here. <laughs> like We exactly. really have. And, and Jason Kelsey is that dude. Man's man. Right. <laughs> that man. He's a, he's a legend, dude. And we got that we got that speech from him too. Um, oh man. man, he deserved that moment for real. He is an all time Philadelphia legend. He's right up there. So, thank you, Jason Kelsey. Thank you to all of our listeners, and uh, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe again, comment, everything. Uh, follow us on Twitter and. Uh, and, and thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Anything to say, Q? Oh, birds. Actually, leave oh. us some comments to tell us how many uh, points y'all think the Jets are going to be up to by the end of this matchup. I Ooh, said they, we I said like together they're going to score nine points. That means that they will be up to, what's that, 86 points on the total matchup. <laughs> Let us know if y'all think they're going to reach over 100 after this game. Right. Are we going to have a shootout? Let us know. Thanks, everyone. Go Birds.